you've stumbled across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Welcome back to the Honest Pod. I am super excited. Okay, so I have been, Shar is not with us today, but I have a special guest. Um, we've been diving into a lot around this idea around friendship. And um, honestly, this book caught my attention because I titles are important because titles draw you in. And when I saw the title of this book, Friendship, It's Complicated, I was like, okay. Maybe someone's going to talk honestly about this. So I get the privilege of welcoming my now friend, Andy Andrew, to the podcast. Welcome, Andy. Oh my gosh, finally, right? We are meeting. We are talking. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I know. We did have a little bit of drama there to get on here. But here's what I was thinking this morning. I was like, we were supposed to have you on last year, and it's just been like crazy. My schedule, your schedule, whatever. And which is funny because I mean, I'm busy. I'm not that busy, but it's like, you know, I don't know. But I think this needed to happen this year because so much of what I've been personally sitting in this year, moving, I've moving, you know, I moved to a new, everyone knows I've moved to a new state. And for me, friendships have always been complicated, always. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um because of my own, because of my own story, really. Like, and yeah. so it's easier for me to know a lot of people, but keep people kind of at bay because of the risk factor of, I have these two narratives. I've said this on the podcast before. You're going to get close to me. And I know these aren't true, but you're going to get close to me and you're going to see who I really am. And then you're going to leave, mm. or you're going to get close to me. This sounds really downer and you don't even know my story, <laughs> but it's true. You're going to get close to me and then you're going to die. And I have this mm. narrative because of my own personal mom. You know, my my mom actually committed suicide. So mm. we have all of this stuff that makes friendship for me and has in the past so complicated. So when I came across your book, now you guys just need to know, Andy, she has an amazing podcast. I've listened to it. I'm not just <laughs> telling you that it's amazing. I actually have listened to it. We have mutual friends that speak super highly of your heart. She is a pastor in New York City. She is an author of now three books, yeah, <laughs> which is a feat within itself. So you wrote this book called Friendship, It's Complicated. And before we dive into kind of like the nuances of, you know, your, your kind of your story, tell me why you felt compelled to write a book on friendship. Because I, I don't know if I know too many books about friendship, if I'm being honest with you, at least well, not real good ones. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I basically wrote this book because it was the book I needed five years ago. And mm-hmm. I, I was looking around trying to find a book on how, how can this grown woman who is in her 30s actually have real friendships and relationships with women? Why can I not do this? And so it was a book that I was looking for. And honestly, when I looked around and I, and everything that I found was fluffy, (laughs) 
you know what I mean? And I went, I just need to get hit in the heart. I need some heart surgery. I've got to figure this out. I don't know what's going on. Um, and so really this is, this is the book I needed. And so about five years ago, if you don't mind me mm. diving just a little bit into the story go, right here. Go, yeah. Girl, we're just going to go wherever. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but five years ago, I was in this season leading a church. Like on the outside, everything looked good, right? Writing my mm-hmm. first book. It looked like I had great friendships. All of these different things. Four kids, husband, everything's, you know, going well, speaking. Oh, bam, 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 looking good. Mm-hmm. But then yep. all of my close female friendships started to like burn to the ground. And I was like, mm. what is going on? Like, I, I thought I was doing okay. I thought everything was going well. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me as I was trying to point the finger and figure out what everybody else was doing wrong. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, hey, Andy, you're the common denominator in every relationship mm. that you're in. And it was this moment of radical ownership once again. And I realized, mm. wow, I, I could point the finger and get bitter and get angry at why everything just burns down around me and why nobody loves me. Like you said, there are definite reasons why I didn't have mm. friends. And the Lord was like, do you want to go on a journey with me to figure out why you're the common denominator in all of these issues? Or do you want to just mm-hmm. keep blaming everybody else and your circumstance and the fact that you're a pastor and no one can come close to you? And I was like, dang, mm. Lord. <laughs> So savage, savage. He's a little savage. <laughs> yes. So that's kind of where we be- we began, and um, and I realized really my core issues did start when it came to female relationships. It started with mm-hmm. my mother, and chapter one yeah. in the book is called "The Woman Wound," and we just go mm-hmm. there. And the Lord you really, have you have to, and I, and yeah. and that was where the Lord brought me was this healing space that I needed to have with my own mother. Now, in I'll tell everybody hindsight. Now, in the days that we're living in, my mother and I have a beautiful relationship. It's redeemed, it's restored, but we've both mm-hmm. worked really hard on it. Um, but when Please I underline worked really hard, yes, on it. <laughs> worked worked really yeah. hard. I think a lot of times what we're doing is hoping for, and I don't despise the altar call, altar call miracle because I've had them. But after the altar call yeah. miracle or revelation, you have to steward the freedom. You have to steward what Ooh. God did. And I think that's where we we get it all wrong is we have to keep keep walking in the recovered thing that the Lord gave to us, and the thing that was stolen that was given back. And so, um, yes, miracles will take place and they will happen, but then you have to steward the miracle. And so, um, with my mom growing up, I grew up in a religious cult, which is a wild story in and of itself. And I feel like my parents need to either write a book or, you know, maybe one day I'll write a, uh, you know, a a fiction novel, um, Mm -hmm, (laughs) and tell the story, mm -hmm. but it was a wild upbringing. And my mother now in hindsight, I know that they were walking through so much pain, knowing the depths of the pain of their story. And so therefore I became my mom's emotional mother. I was Mm -hmm. the, the little kid she came to, to unload her emotional Mm -hmm. issues, her pain. She talked to me about things that were completely inappropriate for me to know as a young girl, as a tween, as a teen, um, and even as a young adult. And I realized that's where I learned codependency. I learned Mm -hmm. how to carry other people's issues for them. I'm like, Oh, you have, you have problems. Let me emotionally hold that for you. And so then Mm -hmm. fast forward, I'm an adult woman leading a church, shepherding people, Women come close to me. I get excited. I have unmet needs and unspoken expectations of these women to like fulfill a need that my mom never fulfilled. So it's weird. <laughs> right, right, right. And then, totally. and then I just go, and then I, it all falls apart because I'm the one that starts to isolate going, I, 
you have needs. I can't carry those for you. I did that my whole life with my mom. And I break these relationships down to the Lord, like, all right, let's deal with your issues. Why don't you jump into recovery? Mm -hmm. Why don't you do some counseling? And there's a lot to that part of the story. So we can go wherever you want there. But that was the why. And then I just really, God began to take me on a journey. Um, And we go from basically the woman wound to becoming spiritual midwives. That's the final chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's the journey that I want to take people on is facing yourself, doing the work, and then being intentional about building and birthing the dreams of others. So that's, that's where we go. I just, I feel like for all of you that are listening, first of all, that was just a wave of such goodness. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's, there's, and, and where, where, where do we go? I, I think there's two thoughts that I have and I'm going to, I'm going to ask one question and then great. Then I'll let you answer and ask another one. But the first one is I hear so often in, because really what you're talking about is story work. This is all that I do. So all the people on my podcast right now no. are going to be like, oh, she picked someone that's doing story work. Well, because you cannot heal unless you go into the origins of your story. You are not, first of all, you're not operating in a vacuum. Like there, there are circumstances that brought you to who you are today. And to really, truly begin to heal in your story, you have to go back into the origins of those stories because it is affecting you today. Yes. But I hear so often women go, all I need is me and Jesus. That's all I need. I need me and Jesus and we're good. And I have a lot to say about that, but I'd be <laughs> curious what you would say to those. I mean, have you heard that before? Like so many women in the church, like I, all I need is God. God knows my heart. God knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. I share everything with him. And women are mean and risky and I don't want to do it. So all I need is me and Jesus and I'm good. Well, here's what I would say to that. And this is a little bit intense. But if it's just you and Jesus and he's truly speaking to you, even Jesus would say to you, well, I didn't do it that way. (laughs) So come on. Like, that's right. Jesus was in communion and relationship. He had his circles. He had the three that he was intimate with, close with, brought into like the deepest, darkest parts of the darkest night of his soul in the Garden of Gethsemane, even though they were horrible friends and slept on him and did not pray for him. But he still brought them into those parts. He had proximity. They were the people that he shared with, the three. Then he had the 12 that he was on mission with, then the 72. So I would say that's a really bad excuse. If we're saying we Mm -hmm. only need me and Jesus, what you're saying is I'm using Jesus as a shield instead of a healer. And yes, he Ooh. is. Your, so I, I think that's the thing is, yes, he is our strong tower. He is our shield. But what you're doing is putting him in, using him as an excuse. Jesus is not an excuse. He is right. our healer. He is the lover of our soul. He's the one that can transcend time and take us back to our family of origin stories of pain and heal us in that moment so that we can mm-hmm. move forward. We have to go back to move forward. And, and yes. if we don't realize that, I mean, listen, at the beginning of 2021, I started having panic attacks again. I was like, what is mm-hmm. going on? Right. And what I realized is I was like, oh, you know what? I have just, I need, I need more help again. I need more healing yep. again because there are certain situations I'm walking into in relationship with other people that if I don't deal with the trauma and allow the trauma to be healed, to go back, to move forward then I am just going to keep operating from a place of isolation. I just think it's an excuse. Jesus is our healer. And at the end, like, I just, if we're following Jesus in his way, his truth, in his life, then the way that Jesus leads us is in relationship with other people. So that's what I would say. And it's the, it's, and it's so good. I mean, 
there's a couple things when people come up to me and say that one, their tone is never that of, of peace. It is always out of defensiveness. Like all I need is Jesus. And I'm like, Oh, that's from a wound. Yes. But also I I look and I, the question I ask is, okay, how free do you want to be? Like, like that's so good. Yes. How free do you want to be? Because you can stop here. You can. That's that, that's your choice. But when the lights are out and no one's around, um, and, and even the, the boldness to come up to me and talk to me about this means that oh. I've awakened a desire in you, one that feels risky and painful. And, and really, I'm igniting something small in you, the little one in you that's going, that's actually what yeah. I want, but I'm terrified to do it. <laughs> yeah. And so can I speak to that that little one in you that says, I know that you are scared because of how wounded you've been, but how free do you want to be? Gosh, I love and, that. That's so you know, good. And, yeah. And, and, and then they go, I just want to, I want to be really free. Then I go, okay, then we actually have to go back to not only your origin story, but the origin story of God. And the origin story of God is he was never alone. Mm-hmm. And when he created the earth, he, all of it was good. And, and I know, Andy, you know this, but the one thing that wasn't good was that Adam was alone. And so, you know, we go, okay, well, the Lord didn't Mm. have, God didn't have to tell us that, but he told us that because he knew that our temptation would come in isolation um, because we saw this with Eve, right? And so when I'm reading this book, it's, it, it's not just like, hey, we're better together, hashtag. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's ugh. not like we uh, yeah. just need friendships. It It's a deep dive into why this has been so risky for you, hmm. why it has been such a painful journey for you. And you went to places that I think are so important for us to, to name. And this is kind of the next question was naming the pain of our past and not just naming it, but going, okay, Lord, um, do some healing. You, you actually had the opportunity to sit with your mom, to have these conversations. Mm -hmm. If you don't mind sharing what, what was some of the journey like that? Like all of a sudden you realize, okay, friendships are difficult. I'm the common denominator. I need to do some work. And then boom, you start having these conversations I'm sure with your therapist or whatever and realizing, whoa, this actually goes into my origin Mm -hmm. with my mom. How did you begin to start that journey of engaging that? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. Like the floodgates really burst open and I had this radically healing conversation with my mom when I was trying Mm. to write, when I was trying to write chapter one. And listen, she has always, she has known that it has been a blocker for me. And you know, when you're, you're, you're trying to do something, you're trying to write, you're trying, you're like, what, why, what am I not seeing here? Why do I feel blind here? Why does it feel like I'm, Mm. you know, I need glasses Um, (laughs) because it's blurry. And well, what was the catalyst was this fresh rejection from a friend. Uh, there was this fresh mm-hmm. rejection from a friend that I loved and was investing in. And there was a betrayal and a rejection. And after the betrayal, we were trying to rebuild. And then, you know, it was like this whole weird thing. They didn't want me around. Yep. And it just, so what I automatically started to do is I spiraled. My thought process went wild. I was like, what did I do wrong? This is all my fault. I can't believe this. I, 
I, I wish you would just tell me what I did. And, oh, you know, and literally like it, it was weird and making up scenarios. Consuming. Of, yes. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do anything. Like that's the stuff that would keep me in bed, you know, except for I have four mm -hmm. kids, so I got to get out of bed. But um, <laughs> mentally, I'm still in bed. Mentally, I'm still in my bed. So <laughs> what was interesting is because my mom is a safe place for me now is mm -hmm. I did call her without thinking that it was going to become a conversation about her. And I, mm. I'm sobbing, going, this thing happened with this person, and I think I did something wrong. And I'm spiraling, 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 and bam, it hits me. And I go, and I say this to her, I wow. go, I, I actually think this is all your fault. I literally said that to her. <laughs> and we're FaceTiming, and she's just looking at me mm -hmm. with total grace. She, was, she didn't look at me like, how dare you say that? She just had wow, this tender that's... smile on her face, which was wild. And I said, I mm. think this is your fault. And I said, I, I think it's because when I was little, and it's like, you know, when you, you just get revelation all of a sudden, I think it's because wow. when I was little, you used to share things with me and I would carry your pain and call it my own. I would, you know, I didn't know what to do with it. And so now when somebody else that I'm close to has pain, I... I feel like it's my, it must be my fault. It must. And wow. she just looks me in the eyes with the most tender love. And she, she goes, Oh, Andy, I am so mm. sorry. She goes, I was boundaryless. Will you please forgive me? And wow. I kid you not on that FaceTime, I start wailing. Like, like I'm on an yeah. altar call deliverance and demons are coming out wailing. You know what I mean? Right. Like that sort of right. thing things are being rewired in my system. Like my, there's like a, whoa, like I, I can't believe I haven't seen this, but that forgiveness released this flood of, of release for me to go, you know what? Those issues are my friend's issues. They're not for me to fix and they're not for me to carry. And mm -hmm. mom, your issues are not my issues. They're not for me to fix and they're not for me to carry, but I Lord bring my issues before you and ask for you to heal them. And so that was like one major thing with my mom. I mean, there mm. have been many conversations that have been very difficult, um, you know, earlier on where I'd be like, don't talk to me like that. You're, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. yelling with each yeah. other, trying to figure it out. But that was a real breakthrough moment. And, and then I said, I really need to write about this. And she said, oh, Andy, like I trust you, write whatever you want. And she's written part of what chapter one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, you said that she had helped write, write some of it. Yeah. She wrote part right? of her story yeah. in there. Yeah. Because again, I think what we were both trying to show is that we both were taking ownership and that's the way that you can rebuild. So some people listening, they're going to be like, well, my mom's never going to talk to me and I don't want right. to talk to my mom. And I just right. have to say, and maybe she's not safe and that's okay, but it doesn't mean that you can't go back and heal and move forward, forgive, release them, let go, have healthy boundaries and so that's important to say too, because I know some people might read it and be like, well, good for you. You and your mom have a relationship, right, right. you know, and some people, I, I need to hear your story now, may have lost their mom mm -hmm. and have trauma around mm -hmm. that. And there's, or they're, like I said, their mom's just not safe, is manipulative, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. And so you right. can still heal though, even if that's the case. Right. And what, and what I'm hearing you say is less about your mom, although she ended up being a safe place and that's wonderful. What happened in that moment was someone, we need someone to witness our pain. Mm. We, we know it internally. We feel it. We often minimize it or shove it down or avoid it um, because we actually don't know how to bring it up and we don't have a friend to witness it. Mm -hmm. And I think 
so often in our healing, we are called to what was broken in relationship has to be healed in relationship. It's how Mm -hmm. God wired us that we aren't wired now to be broken in relationship and then heal on our own. It's not, we actually have to meet in that place for you. It happened to be in the communion and what a beautiful uh, ability to be able to have it be witnessed by the very person that wounded you and to be able to be received with kindness and care. That is actually such a gift. Mm. And yet for many of us, we won't have that. And Mm -hmm. yet I want to press in and say that where there was broken relationship. And I know this for me because I don't have the opportunity to do that with my mom. And yet God has provided witnesses on my behalf to witness my pain and name it with me and validate with me. Yes, that did happen. That Mm. is not okay. You were put in a position that you were not supposed to be in as a little girl. That kind of witnessing, we know this psychologically and whatever, begins to heal our Mm. brain, our physical wiring of our brain, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Did you feel that healing begin to happen. Yeah. On a spiritual level, but even on a neurological level, that healing began to happen. And how has that affected you then in your friendships even currently? That's really good. Yes, I did. And I, Mm -hmm. and I will say this too, like we, I I mean, the different types of counseling that I've had too, which I realized Mm -hmm. I needed, which EMDR with a, Mm -hmm. like was, I, I, I was like, oh, is this really going to work? And then I read The Body Keeps the Score and Change yep. It. You know what I mean? You start reading about it, the, physiolo- the physiological side of it. You're like, God really did make us to heal. This is amazing. Yes. Like, it's awesome. When you, re- when you realize he wants your mind healed, he wants your spirit healed, he wants your body healed. He, yes. It's not just one or the other. And I think sometimes we major on one or the other, like, oh, I'm spiritually healed or my, you know, my mind is healed. My body that's like, no, he wants the whole person. So did I start yes. to feel that change? Yes, um, I did. And, and I think what I realized was as I, I began to choose um, to step into relationship with women as I chose to, um, be close to a few, um, that God has really truly reciprocated that. And there have been friendships that have reciprocated that a very small handful. And that's all I need below. We're all too busy for a ton of friendships anyway. Um, it's too vulnerable anyway. For those of you out there that think that you, you, to be fulfilled, you have to have 20 friends. Some of you may be okay, but I just don't even see that as something that you're able to do. Like I'm good. One or two, three, maybe max (laughs) really close friends. And you know, the circles of that, my inner circle, my outer circle, those are all important circles, right? Like they all serve a purpose. And it doesn't mean that everyone on the outer circle has to come into the inner circle. No. Right. That, that I think is, is really important for us to pay attention to actually in the chapter called circles, no, everyone mm-hmm. cannot and should not be your best friend. I actually put a graph in there for people to fill out. I'm like, fill it out in pencil. So you can have an actual look at your life and your friendships and relationships to see what you do and don't have and being mm-hmm. aware of that. But I think it, Irene Rollins, who is a friend mm-hmm. of both of ours, she says, yeah. be, um, be authentic with the many and vulnerable with the few. Be authentic yes. with the many and vulnerable with the few. And I think so I, 
I had to learn that the hard way because I am like a heart on your sleeve sort of person. Me like, too. I, you know what I mean? And so, mm-hmm. so when you, when which you, feels like a target. Uh, well, yeah, I feel like a constant target. And I'm like, yeah. I look at my husband and my friends. I'm like, how come that doesn't hurt your feelings? Like it hurts mine. They're like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, you know, my husband, I'm like, why do you wake up? You're so even. <laughs> yes. You're just always so even. <laughs> I'm like a roller coaster yes. all the time of like, ah, and he's just like, babe, because if I was a roller coaster, we would go off the edge. And I'm yes. like, oh, that's true. My, I love <laughs> that you said so e- even because I say that about my husband too. I go, you're like a steady through line and I'm the roller coaster that goes, <laughs> that's so funny. But, yeah. um, but I think we have to, we do have to learn that. And I think that's where we have to be careful with social media. We have to be careful because mm-hmm. I think we just do these weird things these days where we're like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't mean this if one of someone listening posted this yesterday or something where it's like vulnerable post. And then you just mm-hmm. like share your gushy heart. And then we leave like the most tender, vulnerable places that are not healed yet open for other people to comment on. No wonder yeah. we don't know how to do like just safe one-on-one relationship. Mm-hmm. Like so we super ha- traumatizing. Yeah. So it's just things like that where you have to know yourself and mm-hmm. and yeah. Um so I'm curious from a woman that wrote a book on friendship. Mm-hmm. What about like if you can think back, and maybe there's not a story, and again, we don't run a very tight ship here, so everyone <laughs> just kind of knows, but can you look back and maybe a story from your past where, because I believe that we get narratives very early on, mm-hmm. these narratives that say, and yes, there is, it's always going to kind of go back to our family of origin. That's true. Yeah. Um, but there's also these moments where I believe the enemy takes data from these different encounters oh, mm-hmm. and he begins to whisper um, you're not good enough. You're so that narrative that I have is, you know, if you get too close, when you get too close, you're going to see who I really am. And you're going to want to leave. This has been a narrative that I have fought for years and years. I've gotten so much better thanks to all this work I've done. But I remember early on in my life moments where someone got close, they then left. And then the whisper came, see, mm-hmm. you were too much you were too much for that person. You yeah. were, you were too, you were too messy. Um, can you remember, is there like a, a friendship that kind of stands out maybe early on in your life and your story where you go, I can remember the story, like the narrative beginning or at least yeah. enhancing there. I mean, there's a, there's a few as you're talking, I feel like I'm in therapy right now. I'm like, sure, let me share with you a few. No, I'm just, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, I actually write about this one, but my very first a memory in friendship in kindergarten was just one recess. I mean, you know, now mm-hmm. as an adult, how you're like, that was just like a little moment. But for me, I remember how deeply it affected me and the thought that I'm rejected yep. um, was just, it was kindergarten, my best friend, Catherine, sweetest mm-hmm. girl, um, just wanted to play with someone else during recess that day. She's like, oh, I'm going to go mm-hmm. play over here with so-and-so. I hysterically bawled, threw myself on the ground, had my head in the grass. She just like came and was rubbing my back and going, we're still friends. Like, I just, I just want to play with someone else. But I, she walked away and I laid there and I went, I'm all alone. I'm rejected. Nobody wants to play with me or be with me. And Mm. that's like one of those very early ones, but you realize that that narrative of rejection, I mean, and honestly, then what ends up happening is you do get rejected because life and the Bible doesn't promise Mm -hmm. us that it won't happen, Mm -hmm. but then you start to partner with that rejection and go, see, I'm rejected. And it almost like just, you start to build this little stronghold around yourself instead of, um, you know, 
rejecting the vow that I am rejected because I am received right. in Christ and there are people that love me and don't reject me around me. Like, so mm-hmm. I think yes. that was, that was one of the first ones that I can remember. Yeah. And you know, we, we look at those stories and we go, oh, it's just like you just said, it's, it's a silly little story from kindergarten, it was <laughs> yeah. one recess and it was this super sweet little girl. And yet that's from when you were five yep. and you remember it clearly, even yep. the moment of it. So we know that these stories that God is inviting us into, it's not just a story of a blip of a minimized whatever. It was where the enemy partnered with a reality that you were already believing, yeah. that there's something about my goodness that is rejectable. And that obviously started in your home. There was something going on mm. there that my, the fullness of my play is not received here because um, I need to be an adult. Yeah. And so I have to be an adult for the adults. So when I go onto the playground... I just want to play. And even in that, my play is rejected. And so we look at that and we go, I mean, that seems so silly. And so many people go, oh my gosh, that's so dumb to go back in my past. And I go, and yet you remember the story like it was yesterday. So it has power. Mm -hmm. I love that you said this idea around a vow, you know, and I kind of look at it, I call it a contract. Like we make this contract. It's almost like we sign a contract with the Mm -hmm. enemy that says, yep, I am rejectable, right? And so we sign this contract and we as humans will always live up to the contracts we sign. So it is this vow, this kind of contract, this um, covenant almost that we make with the enemy unknowingly when we're kids because we don't have the faculty to fight off the enemy. And so we sign this contract and we live up to that. What did it look like for you to break that vow and to break that contract that started so early on? I'm so glad you asked that because- one of the most powerful things that um, took place in counseling for my husband and I last April, April of 2021, uh, was this one progression that I would love to share with everybody. Because if we can sit with mm-hmm. God and walk this out, it will help every single one of us, like breaking these mm-hmm. vows and contracts. Because so the first part of it is we all have wounding because we're on planet Earth. And we're in the now, but not yet. Jesus has come to redeem and restore us, but we don't have the new heaven and new earth. So therefore the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking who he may may devour. So wounding happens and usually it happens through relationship. But when we are wounded, what do we do next? The enemy comes in and he lies. We've kind of already talked about this. He lies to us. And we latch onto that lie. Even though Jesus is there to tell us the truth, the enemy usually, we just like listen in. There's a Mm -hmm. lie. So we believe that lie. And then out of that lie, a false belief system begins to operate. We start to believe false things. And those false belief systems are very strong. And from those false belief systems, what do we do? We begin to um, self-protect. So we build a stronghold around ourselves. We, Mm -hmm. we know that the Lord is our strong tower. He is the one we're meant to run to, but we go, you know what? I'm going to protect myself. So whether Mm -hmm. that is with addiction or that is with control or that is, what is the, what is your vice? Like, what do you put up around yourself? And then from behind our little strong tower, we make vows. I will never trust another woman again. I will never. And then from there, we operate from this false self because we have to go out in the real world, but we're not truly walking in our created image of who God has made us to be. So what we have to do to unwind that is actually, again, go back to the origin, the moment of wounding. I think what we have to be careful of is I'm not telling you to walk around a mountain, stare at the wounding, look at it, look at it, talk about it, talk about it. I'm saying, look at it and go, what's the lie I believed in that moment? Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, Lord, tell me the truth. 
that you want to give yeah. me instead of mm-hmm. the lie. And then from there, what do we, what's the next part? Okay, what's the false belief system I've been living by? Okay, Lord, what true belief system do you want to give me? Write that down. Mm-hmm. What have I been protecting myself with? And if it's anger, if it's fear, if it's whatever, isolation, repent and then do mm-hmm. something different. Mm-hmm. And then with the vows, we actually have to renounce them. We have to spiritually yep. out loud because those vows yep. are so strong that we make it stronger than our intimacy with the gospel, with Jesus. We we vow and make you know a contract, like you said, with this mm-hmm. lie. And so we have to go, I renounce the vow that I will never be friends with another woman. I renounce mm-hmm. the vow. And then from there, we start to realize like, the true Andy Andrew is starting to stand up again. Like I know who I am and whether you reject me or accept me has no, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't touch my identity in Christ. There will be people that receive me and love me. That's the truth. And yes. so that's the work that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's the work that I still have to do. I didn't just go to counseling and learn that. I went, Ooh, I'm going to apply this to my life. This is very helpful. <laughs> I'm going to apply it to my marriage, my parenting, all, all of the it. things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, Yes. So there is this, you know, there's a pattern, there's Mm -hmm. a formula and there is a pattern that God offers to us to begin to have authority over these places that we may unknowingly made contracts or vows with. Mm -hmm. And there's a part that I want you guys to hear, and it wasn't necessarily named by Andy, but I I want to kind of highlight the, the processes of this. It's not all cognitive. It's not just, it's my brain, I'm going to do these things. What what you mentioned early on was this is a coming together of the body, mind, and spirit mm-hmm. that needs to allow itself to grieve what was and to, to be able, because grieving is so important. I need to grieve uh, where I was wounded mm-hmm. early on. Uh, you grieved in front of your mother. That wailing was a sense of someone is witnessing my pain and I can allow myself to grieve what it meant to be a little girl in my home. Yeah. And then secondly, can we even come, and this is maybe a little push here, but can we bless the little one that had to survive a home that required something of her that should never have been required. Mm-hmm. So there was there was things that had to be in place for you to survive, yeah. to for you to stay protected as best as you could. The invitation from what I'm hearing and, and from what we kind of the work we do, the invitation from the Lord is to say, we will bless the survival that you had, mm. but you no longer have to live with that. I'm going to offer a new way. Mm. And this is the beauty of the repentance of, yes, I can bless the little girl that had to get really big for me in my home to be heard and to, and to stay uh, protected. And yet now God is inviting me in the work that I'm doing to say, Carrie, you don't have to get so big. You actually can lay down that survival. Mm. We can bless it, but we can also be invited into the newness of what it means to thrive in the kingdom of God and what he has for wow. me. And I feel like the process for you, I'm just struck by the imagery of the little girl that laid down on the playground sobbing. Mm. There is something about her that is so loves love. Yeah. Like you love <laughs> to love and to be loved. Like there's something so big about that and so glorious about that, that there's mm. something so kingdom and and so godly about a, a little girl that feels love so bigly <laughs> that 
even a little girl that doesn't want to play, it it strikes deep in her heart. And, and so there was this narrative that your love is too big. Like it's too much. It's too big. Silence it, push it down, push it away. And, 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 and the enemy begins to say, your love is too much mm. for this world. And yet what I hear in your book, in your voice, is that you are coming back to these courageous acts of loving mm. who you were created to be, that the love of Andy Andrew comes in this fullness and this beauty and whoever gets to be lavished upon you know, this kind of widow wound, this love is dead, mm. is actually be invited back to be a, a, a queen wow. that really looks at the kingdom and says, I actually am going to love you so well that I'm going to keep you safe and I'm going to protect you with my own boundaries in place. Like you're coming back to the fullness wow. of this love and pouring into the friendships that you have. This, I, I'm, I'm struck by the little one laying there. Aww. Like I, I'm struck by her. I'm witnessing her pain. And yet I want to pick her up and say like, you love so mm. big and it's, it's actually your strength. It's not your weakness. Um, and, and so this is what I think in, in your book, this is what you're inviting us into. Yeah. It, you're actually you've created a system. You've created a path like a true queen that sees the land and says, I want to actually love the land so well that I'm going to give you structures to be able to walk through um, and, and to be able to birth what wow. it means to love well. That is, I think, the offering that you've given. Gosh, I... I don't even know what to say to that. Like, I feel very seen and loved by you saying that. <laughs> yeah. But, but I think that, um, I, I think I said this earlier, or maybe it was on our Instagram live. One of the two mm -hmm. is that I think all of that in me has been tested again. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just I, all you can look at sometimes when you write something like this is the failure that you've had in friendship instead mm -hmm. of the beautiful success. And right. so... Um, and life comes with both end. And mm -hmm. I think that you just saying that was such a, I don't know, it felt like the advocate speaking to me. So thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we just want to bless, I just want to bless the goodness of the love. Like that's a, that's a, that's a word. I don't know you super well, but mm -hmm. it's a, it's your gift to the world <laughs> to love in, in your, in its totality to love so big <laughs> that it requires so much risk for you. And yet those that will encounter your lavish love will be changed because of it. And so just know this, that for me and for those that are listening, like we, we need, we need those Queens that love so well. We need the Queens that will come in. I'm not a queen. I am not, I, I'm a prophet for sure. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but to feel safe in the arms of a queen that would throw herself on the ground and cry because, because love is being severed even mm. in a moment is such an offering. And those that will stand beside you, and I think this for those that are listening to this, those that have that heart, that, that woundedness of love and yet the gift of love, I think for those that are listening that have that, surround yourself with people who will protect that in you and champion it in you and not see it as, um, as too much or, mm. or weakness. It's, it's a really, really important role in the kingdom of God. 
Um, and I would imagine, you know, your nurturing heart, it, you just, you love really big and that's, that's caused a lot of wounds, yeah. you know, it's caused a lot of pain. And yet there are those out there, Andy, that will, that will need it and they will thrive mm. in it and they will actually reciprocate it. But your book is a gift to us. Thank it's you. a gift, not because you wrote it in a fluffy way. I said this on our Instagram, but you wrote it from the trenches. You yeah. wrote it from a place of, <laughs> of vulnerability and honesty. So as we're kind of wrapping up our time together, I know, I, I just know there's some women out there that carry that same wound mm. that I love so much. And so often it is assaulted, <laughs> not reciprocated, it's betrayed and it's mm. rejected. What would you say to the heart of those who maybe are on their proverbial playground, kind of laying down on the ground, sobbing their eyes out, thinking, yeah. oh my gosh, I just want to play with you and you run away. Yeah. What What do you want to say to their heart even yeah. right now? And what would you maybe have wanted to be said to you? Yeah, two things. The first is whatever you can do to walk in healing, fight for it um, if, because it's worth it. And um, ooh. You already yeah. made me cry, like, but you were talking, so it was okay. <laughs> but um, I think all I can say is, like, Jesus works. The cross is real. Like, yeah. his desire to recover and restore all that was lost in your life is real, and he does it. But you have to lean into it. So yeah. I would say whatever it takes, body, mind, spirit, the whole person, mm -hmm. go after mm -hmm. healing. He's got it for you. It's it's available to you. We, yes. I think we tap into so little of the mm -hmm. healing that he has for us and we survive and he doesn't mm -hmm. want you to survive. Right. And so um, that's the first thing I would say is do that. And then I think the other thing is too, is you're just going to have to be brave again to stand mm -hmm. up and try again and put yourself out there and start another relationship. Because I think that's the one thing too, now that I'm 43, I look mm -hmm. back and go, gosh, there's been seasons of relationships. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird thing too, right? Is mm -hmm. And not that anything is even bad, but they're just like not in the same proximity or they're different. And you're like, man, I thought you watch a movie when you're a kid and you think I'm going to have the same best friend forever. Now I do have a friend that I've had for 20 plus years and she's phenomenal, but um, all that's rare. It is rare. She, it's a mm -hmm. rare friend. And I talk about her too, cause we had a friend break up. That's a whole nother subject anyway. Um, <laughs> and we're back together. Um, but, but, um, you're on a friendship timeout. <laughs> yeah, we were on a timeout. We worked it out. We, we dealt with ourselves and came back together. Um, but I think that's the thing is just realize that even in your tenderness and your desire to love, um, you're going to have to understand what boundaries are. Read the boundaries book. Start there, mm -hmm. understand what they are, because you do not have to put your heart out there for everybody. Mm -hmm. um, not everybody is worthy of all of you. And so right. just be aware of that, but do try again because it is worth it and you'll be blown away by God. So that's what mm -hmm. I would say. Do try again. Yeah. Do try mm -hmm. again. Get back up and try again. And, and, and there is reward. I, yeah. I believe that God honors what he says in his word and his word says it's actually not good for you to be alone. Yeah. And so he honors what he says is not good. And he gives you invitation into what is good. And that might be actually creating a relationship with a therapist right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you cannot heal 
uh, on your own. You can't do yeah. it. And it can't just be you and Jesus. Jesus is amazing. He is awesome. He heals to the marrow of our bones, but he actually created you for community and he yeah. cre- created you to for, for relationship. And so I just want to encourage you. I want you to get Andy's book. Andy, if they everyone's going to love you. I know it. So when they go, how do I know? How can I be friends with Andy? How can I follow her? Where would they go to get this book? Where would they go to follow you? All the things. Yeah. With the book, it's anywhere really books are sold. So you can go to Amazon and all of the places um, Mm -hmm. online and get the book. Um, You can go to my website, andyandrew.com. My name is spelled A-N-D-I. Andrew, yep, no S on that. the end. <laughs> there mm-hmm. is a male author named Andy Andrews. Um, so you are it, not that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not him. Um, I'm <laughs> me. Uh, but yeah, and then all of my Instagram, like social, Twitter, all of that, Facebook handles are all the same. It's my name at Andy Andrews. So um, yeah, so that's all the ways you can find me. <laughs> Wonderful, guys. I encourage you to go get this book and understand that one book's not going to heal you. Um, well, and even the Word of God is a tool for you to get to know Jesus. This book is a tool for yeah. you to be able to begin the, begin the path of getting honest about what it means for you to engage in friendship, but truly to engage your own heart so that you yeah. can start engaging with the world around you. And Andy, I want to thank you for offering this book. I want to thank you for being on the podcast with me and being honest with me. And because, you know, we just need more people that are like, hey, this is super hard. And yet I'm out here doing it. Um, mm-hmm. And I've not arrived. Um, so thank you for not presenting your arrival, but presenting your process. It's, it's super encouraging. So thank you for being on. I am so glad we made this happen. And now we're friends. It's yes, happening. we are. Thank you. Carrie. I love you. I can't wait to talk more. (laughs) I know. It's good. It's good. All right, sis. We'll see you soon. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always.